Cross the Streams Podcast, Season 5. Kip is here, and this one is just more back to our original when Kane and I started the pod. We'd bring on a guest, we'd do an interview with, you know, questions we thought were awesome. The guest would answer them. We'd get down some tangents and sideways, and we didn't have the segments that we have. So this one fits in there. We've got a guest, a friend of mine, colleague of mine that's doing something in a different career that I just thought was really interesting, intriguing, and hopefully funny, especially considering the career path he's taking. Um, but it's not going to be in one of our, you know, calling men in or hometown hero segments. I guess this one kind of fits, Cam, as a Salem hometown hero. Maybe you're that guy or a Kaiser hometown hero. But Cam McCormick is with me. I'm going to let him give a brief intro of himself. But Cam and I uh, known each other for almost a decade now. He started off working uh, through my coach state program at Willamette University, working our summer camps. And the guy did such a great job. Um, I was able to convince him to stop being a head honcho in high school and come work for my crazy ass with the Bearcats. So he's been on our staff going on four years. But Coach Cam, man, welcome to Cross the Streams. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm Cameron McCormick. I, like Kip was saying, known him for a decade, had aspirations to become a Bearcat, was able to going into my fourth year there, and uh, and just recently started doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> That's, this is so great. But I think it's, I want to let you kind of talk about background of that, Cam. But I think for folks out there, Cam's role in our staff, obviously, as an assistant coach, he's scouting, he's recruiting, uh, in-game defensive assignments for us. But I think more, even more importantly, not that he's not great at all those, but he's always been a really good balance on our staff. Because if you guys know us, Coach Mack and myself can get in the rabbit hole of negativity. And Coach Cam is always able to balance this out. Coach Chris Horton, who's probably listening, is also really good at this. Balance us out, get us back to hope get away from despair, get back to hope. And it's it's just through his personality and his humor, which I think leads into this, Cam. Um, I'm going to, so everybody, give us just, no, I'm going to go here. How do you decide, you know what, I'm kind of funny. I'm going to go do stand-up comedy, right? Like, yeah. how, how does this happen? Talk about the, the because the, the, tell people what you do for a living besides coach basketball. Sure, But then yeah. you get well, into this. Those things aren't funny, but... Um... <laughs> I'm a behavior trainer for the school district, so I train staff members that work with students with special needs. Uh, not a lot of funny there, but uh, but important work, rewarding work. Um, I am the ray of sunshine on the coaching staff, and they continuously remind me, like, ah, oh, positive cam. <laughs> of course, of course, you think it's half full, but um, I, I don't know. I uh, I've loved stand up and comedy. Ever since I was a kid, um, there was you know a few times in like high school and college where people, in passing, would say, "Oh, you're funny, you could you could be a comedian," and um, never really thought about it. But I, over the last few years, I fell in love with going to open mics and just watching local comedy, and then found myself at night when I want to watch something before I go to bed, I want to watch stand up, and just through that have uh i've ingested a lot of stand-up comedy and uh one day started putting jokes on my phone um never had the guts to actually get up there and do it for like a year and a half and then finally did it and thought why didn't i start this earlier 
was it a it was it a similar rush to you know being a coach and winning a game being a coach calling like you run all our special teams out of bounds plays like when you call something and we make a shot was it a similar rush a different one talk about that feeling that kind of gripped you yeah i get nervous before every time i go up stage and it probably is similar to when i was a player or a coach for a big game like every even an open mic for me feels like a big game um and then i would say while you're up there doing that uh would be similar to like you're in a close game and the clock is running out <laughs> and uh if you if your jokes land it's like you hit the shot uh when your jokes don't land it's heartbreaking and it's like you just missed two free throws down by one with 0.1 seconds left that's what it feels right like. Oh, man, this, I, this was when you first let me know about this. I know we talked about some of this in the office with Coach Chris, but where, you're in the early stages of your career, right? Um, yeah. Give bullet points or an outline or how do you get from, I want to do this, I like it, I love it, I've been do, writing jokes to somebody actually lets you go up there and do it at their place. Because it's not like you're, at, you're not on the street corner just saying, hey, listen to me, so tell me if this is funny. You're at establishments. How does that happen? Yeah. So I was able to connect with uh, a fellow by the name of Ty Boyce, and he's really helped me out. Um, Solo Wit Productions is what he runs, and uh, I've been kind of tagging along there. Um, but regardless, if anyone was interested in comedy, there's open mics are open to anyone, uh, regardless of your skill level or anything like that. So you just show up, sign up, um, and boom, you're on stage with a mic, and people are listening to you. So um as you can imagine is there like a sign up sheet like open mic or you like sit in a certain order so like i'm next yeah yeah so it's usually first come first serve sometimes they'll you know they'll be random like they draw your name out of a hat or something like that but um if if there's a will there's a way you can get up there and you can tell your jokes and they can be good or they can be <laughs> the first time you've ever done it or you've put no thought into it i mean you see some pretty interesting things i guess that's a nice way to put it um and then sometimes you see uh you see comics that are really good that are trying out new things so they're just like putting in reps they're oh it's, okay they're getting in the gym and working on a new move type of thing wow so how, did were you aware you know you said you, you i've always liked going to comedy watching stand-up were you aware of kind of the workings of it? You know, this stuff you're talking about now of open mics and the behind the scenes or, hey, a really good guy's dropping down to the G League tonight to try out a new bit about Ooh. pregnancy, right? Like, how did you just have to learn this by immersion into it? Yeah, I knew about some of it um, because I started to see when I'd go to these open mics, I'd start seeing the same comic do the same, you know, four or five jokes, but they were tweaking it. Oh. And so that that was I started to nerd out on that. That was really interesting to me of like, oh, they changed their voice inflection or they told the same story, but instead of being pissed off in this story, they were excited and sarcastic. You know, like they yeah. changed the emotion of their joke and that could change the success of it. Uh -huh. I, that's getting real nerdy. There's no, no, no. So are you taking a notebook to this like coach when I send you to a clinic or you're you know, you're scouting how are you taking all these, are they mental notes, physical notes, typing to yourself, texting yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, one thing I like doing is once I 
figure out a comic, whether they're local or they're, you know, uh, really famous. I try to think why, why do I find them so intriguing or funny? And sometimes it's as simple as like their stage presence of how they walk around on stage or um, maybe they have like a little, some comics do like a, like a punchline indicator where maybe they like, they say their punchline and then they do something funny, right? They like point or they shake the mic or they, they have this look on their face and it's like, Oh, you know, they're, this is where that joke is. Yeah. So I, I, I've got so much, you know, room to improve, but um, yeah, I, I just try to take little things. If I see someone do something interesting, uh, I will think, how can I do that with my style or my, my jokes that I write? Yeah. 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 So your jokes, source material, where are you drawing from? And, and I, I know I sent you some of these in advance, like in coaching, like we try to figure out, okay, our team strengths are X. So what can we run on both sides of the ball that kind of play to that? What's that like for you? Do, 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 do you have to, do you get evaluations from this or is it purely, Hey, they laughed at that. So that might be something I go back to. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. The world of comedy is interesting because it, when you're asking advice or you want compliments or advice, you're asking fellow comics that you mm. respect. I would say most of them are open to it. Some of them, I think it makes them a little uncomfortable, but cause you're also, it's an individual sport, but you're also kind of competing against these people. Yeah. Um, so some of them want to play it close to the vest, which I respect. And some of them are very open with, uh, like it, it actually feels rewarding when a comic you respect is like giving you critical feedback and they're like, I would drop that or, Hey, that's a funny idea, but you're not, you're not there yet. Uh. Uh, but as far as source, God, doesn't uh, that sound like coaching though? Like we have coaches that we talk with all the time. If we play, it doesn't matter if we play against them or we don't, we'll share. And other yeah. coaches were purely trying to figure out how to beat them. Right? Oh. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I also don't even, uh, sometimes I don't have the guts to ask a comic who's way out of my league because I know that he's, I actually have, I have asked. And what they tell you is you got to find what works for you and just put in the time. And that's really sounds like a lazy answer, but that is the truth because they can't help me out uh, you know, more than just like being like, Hey, nice job. Yeah. But other than that, I got to put in the work. And if I don't put in the work, um, and really find out what works for me, it, it won't, it won't be at the level that they do it. I also, you know, they're not going to say anything like, well, you know, one really funny thing I do, they're not going to give me <laughs> right because now I'm doing their, you know, their stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you don't want to do that. So similar to like a coach that we would go up against, like, well, I'm not going to give you my best plays, but right. you can kind of figure it out. Where uh, does this, how do you learn this hierarchy? Because I, I hear you referring back and forth to, you know, above me or been doing, how do you know? Like you're just, is it because of who got booked at this place? You know, obviously there's the Kevin Hart's and we're not even, we're not talking about that stratosphere, but how do you know the local comic scene, the statewide comic scene? How, how does, where, where are these rankings? And how do I vote for you? Well, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So first of all, don't. <laughs> uh, but um, I got to get better. No, but I think I, I think a lot of that is just my opinion. Mm, uh, mm. However, I would be willing to bet a lot of other comics have similar opinions as far as like, you know, there's comics here in Salem. There's comics in Portland that are recognized as like they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, they're very funny. 
they can be a headliner. They can do like a, a long set. So like a 30 minute set. Ah. These are, these are all things that like, uh, or you could put them in a tough environment and they can still have a successful set. Give Those me, like, give me tough environment. What's that look like? Yeah. And uh, I'm speaking purely as, hey, I've been to Harvey's three times before it closed, and I went to one comedy club in Minnesota. I, I, I know the environment was hard at Harvey's because I was with Martino from the Useless Full Information segment of the podcast, and he liked to make life living hell on those people up there. So is that a tough environment? Oh, man, Martino's a heckler. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is. Hecklers obviously can be, yeah, they can throw a wrench in your spokes, but um, I think one thing I've found, especially with, like the pandemic, if you're doing like an outside venue, if it's daylight, if there's a bunch of space in between audience members, um, if there's no ceiling or high ceilings, like ah. <laughs> trying to get nerdy here on. No, I'm ready. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Like all of that contributes to if there's a huge amount of space, it's really best if everyone's crammed in and close and you can hear almost everyone what they're saying, what they're doing, you know? Um, otherwise, people could be in the back on their phone or having separate conversations. That makes it really tough. Um, obviously, the heckling makes it tough. Uh, yeah, Is this so all, I mean, like, so did you figure, did you put together kind of this environmental study based on attending or just through your reps, you know, and how many gigs you've done since you started? I would say I've learned that along the okay. way. Okay. So uh, either being in those environments or talking to other comics about um, like, why, why is the energy here weird? Mm. And, and letting me know, oh man, this is crazy because the tables are so spread out. So it's a little hard to get a gauge on people, um, you know, and not to make excuses. I've also seen good comics kill in those environments. So it is possible, but it, it makes it a little more difficult. Like a, the comedy cellar, right? So uh, the comedy cellar is a venue that Vegas, New York, LA, Miami, you know, um, but it's a cellar, low ceilings, everyone's ah, packed in. You're saying, I get, I get why you're saying cellar now. I get it, I keep going, keep going. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, the whole audience is dark. I mean, it's what you see on Netflix specials and TV. Everything's dark in the audience and then the stage is brightly lit. Um, that's what you want. That That creates like a, a very homey environment. Yeah. It's still bomb. Your jokes aren't funny. I mean, it <laughs> You're saying your jokes aren't funny. The ceiling won't save you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's take fun. our let's take our first break. I want to come right back with Cam. So much more to talk about. We'll be right back. Cross the Streams podcast encourages you in the face of everything we're going up against in terms of voter suppre voter suppression, oppression in all forms, and all the things you've heard us on our platform advocate to stand up against check out standupamerica.com standupamerica.com for action steps on how to go about com combating and doing the work not just retweeting not just complaining to your dinner circle about what's going on in the country taking steps writing letters joining phone banks posting to your instagram with links for people to donate standupamerica.com Hey, look at me, Stand Up America commercial. Yeah. We're here with stand-up comedian Cam McCormick. Uh, Cam, how do you prep for a gig, right? Okay, how do you secure it? Is it through who you mentioned, Ty? And then how far out do you usually know that you've got a gig? And just take us through that whole, I know what the practice week for basketball looks like. 
tell us what a practice week for this is. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if, if I've got a show, which is different than a mic, if I've got a show and um, I'm getting ready for that, I will look over my notes as far as like what I've done in the past, but I try to record all of my shows and mics and I'll go back and I'll watch myself as uh, vain and ridiculous as that sounds. Um, and sometimes that's painful watching, especially if I bomb, <laughs> myself bomb and just being like, God, you're so stupid. Like, <laughs> you're a damn idiot. No wonder you're not getting last. But um, I, I'll watch myself and I'll try to key in with my ear as far as like, what is getting laughs, what's getting big laughs, and then why. Um, Who films these for you? The the, the, the place? Uh, no, actually, I, I bought a little tripod for my phone. I just set it up. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I would I do that. I also, if it's going to be, like, new material that I, I do, um, kind of Rain Man style, I'll pace back and forth in my house and talk to myself. Um, have and, your boys and, caught you doing this? Have your two sons caught you doing this? No, I get, I get out of the room. <laughs> they, are, they are probably my toughest critics. I bet. All away from them. They, you know, it's dad. Yeah. They'll laugh every once in a while, but even if they think it's funny, they're like, oh, doing your comedy stuff. Huh? <laughs> Shut up. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I just, I try to verbally say it out loud. Um, Sometimes I'll do little voice records on my phone and replay those. That helps um, because word choice and voice inflection can play a big part too, mm. as far as like, yeah, yeah. How, how joke who, lands. yeah. Who are you, you know, you know, as a coach, we talk about, Hey, did you see what Brad Stevens ran? Hey, did you see that stuff that they were doing at Florida? You know, so are there, are there more, you know, we talked about this in the office, but tell folks, who are you watching? Is it anyone? Is there specific two or three people that it could be inspiration clearly you're trying to be your own comic and like you mentioned that's the you can't just rip jokes in your industry it's easier for me to steal pick and roll plays than it is for you to steal jokes right so who are your inspirations or, or who makes you laugh oh man that's really good um oh man okay so if, if i was if i were gonna go with like big names um you know like i i like Michelle Wolf, I like uh, Bill Burr, I like uh, Tom Segura, uh, you know, those guys, and then in a collective of people around them. Um, and then, uh, you know, if they if they do listen to this podcast, they're gonna think I'm kissing up. But um, <laughs> as far as like local people, um, uh, there are some Portland comics that I really look up to, like Adam Posse and Shane Brennan and Simon Gibson, Kelly Ryan, uh, Bruce Gray, I, I, I just, they all have like different styles, but um, I, I don't know how to, like Simon is very uh, outlandish and weird and quirky. And he does a lot of, uh, he does a lot of very silly things on stage that mm. people aren't ready for. Um, and so I like taking not only like his confidence, but some of his physical humor from him and like how zany he is. And then like Adam Posse, is very detailed and calculated and no wasted movement oh, or okay. words. Like some of his stuff is borderline poetic. <laughs> like the word choice he gets, he, yeah. he uses. So um, yeah, I'm still finding my own, but I, I like to take from those people. When someone like exudes a lot of confidence, 
and they are very consistent when they get up on stage like this is my personality i don't care what you think and then people buy into it that's when my brand is like mm. Ooh, they're doing something i got to figure out what they're doing because night in night out they're winning crowds over yeah with their persona yeah talk about the nature of a gig like time like the n minutes you get for a set locations you've worked in you know kind of the the maybe the tiering like hey you were in a high school gym to a college arena to the staples center you know what i mean so give us some uh, some overview of that because i'm sure everyone listening has seen at least a stand-up video maybe yeah. been to a club but it probably doesn't have an understanding it's almost it makes me think in my brain like the wwe and everyone sees raw but they don't see the other shows on on saturday and sunday the house shows right yeah. Yeah, yeah, or in the backyard. So, yes. Um, yeah, so <laughs> some of the mics that us comics do are not glamorous or glorious at all. Um, so I, I started out in a living room. I was on a mic in the dining room, and people were sitting in the living room. There was like seven people. That's better. That's crazy. Yeah. Humble so, beginnings. Yeah, and, uh, you know, open mics in garages, uh, open mics in backyards, Um and then all the way to the first time I did like an actual show on a stage, I drove up to Tacoma for an open mic and um, not not blaming the host, but he, he didn't say I was on deck. So I'm sitting there, not ready to get up. I'm all the way in the back. He calls out my name, like next up, Cameron McCormick. I, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not ready. So I, I sprint up, I'm not ready to get on the stage. I jump on the stage. And then I realized how bright the lights are. You can't see anyone in the crowd. I was like shaking. I bombed. Yeah. I did not do well. I did not do well. Um, and yeah, that was my first experience on an actual stage was it was. You lit, it was, they were just blind. I, that's crazy to think. I might like just doing the jokes to yourself with no, re Ugh, that's tough. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you can't see anyone. You can kind of hear people moving in the darkness, but uh, oh, it's, it's. <laughs> It's excruciating. So it's normal for like the whoever, like the the owner of the place, is going to tap you or at least give you a five minute red light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to continue with that story, so yeah, they give you a light usually, you know, to let you know, hey, you got a minute left. Um, they gave me my light. I was finishing up my last joke, and as I'm about to deliver my last line, it's like four words for the punchline. Uh, apparently, I went over. So they cued the music, cut the mic. So I set up this joke about to deliver the punchline. And they just cut and you. And then just boom, just silence. Jeez. I'm up there mouthing and there's like, you know, hip hop music playing behind me. Oh. So I just, I just walked off. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. And then I got, oh. and then I, got to, I got to drive home from Tacoma to Salem, just reevaluating who I am. <laughs> Is this what I want to do? Yeah, what oh. the hell did I just do? I just drove up here. <laughs> right. Wait, yeah. You were talking when we when we first were discussing this. What what are you comfortable with right now? Your set? How many minutes? Well, what where are you at? Where do you want to get to? Yeah, good question. So, by the end of the summer, I want to be able to have like a fifteen minute set, solid. Um, I'd say right now, um, I you know between five and ten. That's probably where I'm at. Um, and again, it could be like a false sense of comfort where it sounds almost like, 
oh, I'm, I, I've got a good 10 minutes, but then I could go and deliver my good 10 minutes and bomb. And now, you know, you, someone like you, Kip might be like, oh, that's your good 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought you said you were ready. Um, but I, I, I think material wise, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm getting more comfortable on stage as far as uh, filling in uh, dead time mm. or trying to one thing that I, I've been really focused on and getting better at is how to bounce back after a joke doesn't land. Um, I'd like to eventually graduate out of that and mm. just have jokes. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's more of like a survival mechanism. Um, one, one of the best pieces of advice I got was from, um, uh, this comic and he just said, get used to bombing. And I was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> and he's like, no, just when you go up there, if you're, if you get comfortable with bombing, you'll always know how to work your way out of it. Ah. That really has like changed my mindset of like, I might suck real bad when I go up there. How can I still have fun and uh -huh. maybe get laughs before I get off stage? I love that. You know, that's very similar to, you know, what we, you and I and coach Chris, coach Mac with our program, like, Hey, if we're going to fail, let's fail quickly and not be afraid to be cut, not be afraid of failure anymore. And we've had some reps and some losing. Uh, yes. But I, I agree with you in, in that I think in that failure, we're, we're very, we're not as uh, flummoxed by it as you probably would have been in the past. Or if you've never, if you've never flopped, right, then you're just terrified of what if it happens. Now you're like, well, that, yeah, and it rolls off your shoulder. How do folks, how do they find you? How do they know, hey, you know what? I heard you on Kip's podcast. You know, we have such a, we have a phenomenal platform here. Just the millions of listeners. But how would somebody be like, I want to know where Cam's at. I want to know what he's doing. I want to go hear this guy, see this guy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, right now, the main uh, way that I do is Instagram. I'm at CMAC888. Uh, yes, that was my gamer tag when I was in high school. <laughs> you should not and, get rid of it ever. It, no, I just, I just kept rolling with it. Uh, thought about changing it, but at uh, CMAC 888. Yeah, two C. So C, capital C, capital M, A, C, C, 888. This is why people don't have gamer tags as their. <laughs> like, why? Why would. Okay. Uh, that might be part of the reason. You know what was really funny? At CMAC 8888. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that Cameron McCormick guy, but I can't find him. <laughs> well, it's because I. I can put, put eight numbers in there and different capitalizations, and I miss. But I bet you were a savage at Halo. God, I oh, bet you were. God, I was so good. <laughs> so good. Oh. <laughs> T-Mac. No, but uh, yeah, Instagram is probably the best way. If you follow me on there, that's where I usually uh, will post what I'm doing. Um, Are there clips yet of you, like like a joke, or do you not want to do that? Is that not smart? Make them come uh, see you? What I don't, I don't know. No, I haven't put anything up yet. Um, I've thought about like maybe editing down some things to to put up. Um, I, I share my sets with people when they ask. I'll send it to people, but I honestly I don't want to waste anyone's time with having them watch five and a half minutes of me uh, be a be a struggle monster through a a set while I talk about my, you know. I don't know. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not there yet where I feel like I can put out a, a set on YouTube and have people want to like, Oh, have you seen this? So when, when I get there, maybe yeah. after a year or something like that. I know I just found you and it's a fantastic picture of you on stage. It's yeah. not your coaching profile pic. I know that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely tried to separate the two worlds. Is there what's what's the next one coming up that you want to drive people to? Oh yeah, uh, actually tomorrow. <laughs> this is gonna be funny. Uh, tomorrow in Albany at Humpty's Dump. Oh, at Humpty's Dump. C Mac eight eight eight. That's right at Humpty's Dump. <laughs> I love it. Down. Hey, uh, that is no different from the Bearcats versus Denison in the Stoller Gym. It's no different, right. Coach. <laughs> it's, it's not the stage. It's what you make of it, right? Yeah. Hey, I will say this. Regardless of the name, um, the last time I did a show there, it was really fun. Yeah. It's going to be outdoors okay. on the patio. Um, Kelly Ryan and Bruce Gray are going to be there. I'm going to be hosting. Oh. So, yeah, so I do my – You're you like know, Martin yeah. Lawrence from back in the day. <laughs> right, Martin, like, yeah, Def Comedy Jam. The host. You do you make do you do crowd work? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Not you know, um, Kelly and Bruce are really good. Kelly and Bruce are gonna be the show. They're both gonna have you know free reign on like twenty five to thirty five minutes of time. Um, I'm gonna get up there, try to get people loose, and do my you know silly jokes for six minutes and try to make sheep. Make sure people are happier and yeah. excited as I bring them up. So man, that is awesome, Coach Cam. Uh, I'm a, no Cameron McCormick. Damn it, the the comedian is the focus of this. We appreciate you, sir. Good luck, and we will bring you back on. We we'll maybe just have a whole new segment. You and Martino. You're telling your jokes. Martino's heckling you on the pod. Would, Real I life would, reps. I would love that. <laughs> I honestly, that would make me so happy. He's gonna. He's going to, I know how he is. Yep. He's smart, dude. He's going to rip into me and probably make me a better comic. Right. <laughs> hey, oh, it's before I let you go. Are you going to use your blazer grief in any of your sets? No, I'm right I'm there not. with you. RIP to the season. Shout out to Dame. Uh, no, I'm not ready. That's, there's no funny in that. For me right now. <laughs> there's no joy in Soyville. No. Uh, all right, boss. Thank, Thank you, you sir. Me. Yes. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.